My guest today is Russ Frushtick. He's here to talk about his review of Homefront, The Revolution. My name is Justin McElroy, and you're listening to Polygon's Quality Control. Can I talk now? No. Russ, welcome to the program. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. I don't think I've ever done a quality control before, so... Clearly, because you talked all over my music. That's <laughs> the part where I leave silence to remind me to put music in, and <sighs> you just chatted right through. Okay. Uh, uh, Russ, um, imagine this. Uh, a game is released, um, and then all of a sudden it kind of disappears, and nobody really cares that much because they didn't like it all that much to begin with. And then out of nowhere, it just like comes back and nobody's really sure why. And everyone everyone wants to sort of like, eh, fine. Was that creepy like deja vu for you? after last, <laughs> Like, was that weird to be going through that again? It is. Fa- I feel like people were a little more into the original Homefront, like before it came out, like a little more intrigued that it might be okay. And uh-huh. then it came out and was like absolute poopy pants see i was saying because you left polygon oh. and that you know do you get it and then you came back and everybody's like fine uh, you know, i see what you're like doing wow how was that the last hour of you researching just to set I've that up just been setting no it came to me that's the scary part this stuff just appears you're scary uh, okay so like i thought home for, to i thought home from was so bad and boring terrible and it like really boring and like who gives a crap yes. um what 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 was sort of like your reaction when you heard that they were coming back to this and like what what sort of mindset I guess were you going into this with? I mean, I for for games in general, I do try to keep an open mind, especially games that I'm reviewing, so I try not to like bring too much into it. That being said, like it's generally not a good sign if like the publisher that's making the game sort of forgets that the game is coming out 3 months before the game actually releases, which was mm-hmm. the case here. So like How do you mean? In the sense that, like, I like there weren't any real events going on. There wasn't like preview builds going out. It was like total radio silence, which usually means that the publisher is sort of just sending it out to die. Um, so my, I will admit that I was not super encouraged by that. But like, I've been wrong. Like, Doom is a game that I really enjoy, and and they went pretty dark too. So I've certainly been wrong in the past. But in this case, it was very quiet. No one was really excited about it. Like outside, like gamers were not, you know, dying to play home, the new Homefront again because the first one was so bad, and so there just wasn't a lot of enthusiasm around it. And I was kind of hoping, like, hey, Dark Horse game comes out of nowhere and like surprises a lot of people. That's not really what happened. I talk to people a lot on this show about the moment, the moment when the preconceptions you had about the game sort of fall away and your impression of it sort of crystallizes. Do you remember a moment with uh, Homefront where you sort of realize like, oh, okay, I see what's happening here. So there's a moment in the first like five minutes that I was actually a little bit encouraged. It was a cutscene, I non-interactive, I couldn't control it, but you're being like wrestled to the floor by a soldier and your response as you're like reaching for your gun is to throw a phone in his face, like a cell phone. And it just mm-hmm. sort of like bounces off harmlessly. And I was like, yeah. oh, maybe this is going to be like a fun, silly take on the like Red Dawn taking back America thing. 
that never ever nothing like that ever happened again uh basically the second that i was introduced to a, a character and he was like we have to fight for the people and what they believe in and the the importance of freedom i was like oh this is this is bad news bears um yeah it was uh it, it just it just starts in like a generic place and only like just waddle like wallows in this hey we're gonna really not reach for the stars we're just gonna reach for the gutter uh in the sense of like not trying to do anything spectacular like the most check the box mediocre experience they could deliver do you feel like this should be it for home front do you feel like all right you guys have had two shots at this because i wonder if there's something inherently flawed about uh, and 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 tell me if i'm i'm off base here but Mm -hmm. it seems like something like this is such a politically uh, and sort of like culturally charged idea this idea that america has fallen and another nation is like occupied yeah it's such a charged idea that it seems like it will never be it, it will almost never make sense for a big triple a game to be as sort of like brave with that idea as it would need to to sell it i don't think that's the it, i don't think that's the issue with this game like what's holding it back is not the premise and the like political nature of having north korea invade the united states it's strictly a design and writing issue mm-hmm. which is to say they're just not trying the 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 subject matter itself i think has potential we've seen a few games do it in the past which is the one that jumps to mind is the i think modern warfare 2 uh, was essentially the same idea where like russia invades the u.s right and i think though it's less the political implications of it and more sort of the dull nature of having a shooter set in american cities I don't know. They tend to be, for me, like, I didn't particularly like that Modern Warfare game. And I think part of it is just because, like, a lot of American cities look very samey and there's nothing sort of adventurous or spectacular about it unless you do, like, an alternate. Do you feel like maybe because you do live in an American city, though? Sorry? Do you feel maybe that's partially because you do live in an American city? Maybe, but it's also because I think American cities inspire shooters in general when it comes to like coming up with generic locations like here's a warehouse and here's a city street they don't look generally european or uh asian or whatever they look like hey here's a generic american street right even if they're not literally in new york many of them are sort of basically kind of in new york right now Um, i think you can make interesting stories obviously set in america but by hinging it on we're going to take back america you sort of need to, I think you need to go like either all, obviously alternate history, but you need to go like really bombastic and almost silly with it where, you know, you're, you're having fun, almost like the spirit of like, um, what was the zombie fighting game on the Xbox one, uh, uh, with the, with the drink and everyone turns into zombies and it's like a silly dead rising. No, I don't remember it. Oh, Um, sunset overdrive, sunset overdrive. You almost need to go that route for it to be just as like a change of pace because the dour, like super depressing nature of like a revolution set in America is just like it's it's overbearing. You look at the comparison, look at Far Cry. Far Cry has made their bones on revolution being like the 
the tent pole. But there's a reason that they're so exciting is because you're in like the Alps or you're in some crazy location you've never been in and you want to like explore it. Do I want to explore Philadelphia? Sorry, Chris Grant. I really don't. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so I've got some questions from listeners here. I want to okay. hit you with a, a few of them. Um, let's see. A lot of requests for the besties to return. That's oh, not happening. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, Dan asks, is it so linear slash on rails that it dictates the order of, uh, who can climb a ladder like the first game? How, yeah. How, how linear are we? T- I know it is technically an open world game as you said, but like how linear are we talking here? It's linear in the sense that there are story missions that you go, you know, send you from point A to point B, but the maps are open. Like it's a set across probably like six quote open world maps. They're not, it's not like one big seamless map, like Far Cry. It's uh, these sort of hub areas. And Mm -hmm. within those, there are like mini side missions where you have to like kill the guys in this base to clear it out or hack this device to like open up your radar. So I guess that's nonlinear in that sense. Obviously doing the story missions is pretty linear. There is backtracking if you want to do that. But like for me, like there was never an incentive to go back and do stuff because it was such a slog. And also like, currency wise the stuff you're earning you have tons of it by the end of the game so there's no point uh david asks he said austin walker from uh, giant bomb said he was actively rooting against the protagonist by the end of the game was that your experience um no i just didn't care like it was not a hatred of the protagonist it was it was just an like your uh, first of all he doesn't talk so the protagonist essentially has no character so there's nothing really to root against but secondly like everyone that you're interacting with is just like so bland and generic that there's no way you can develop an emotion for like some of them die throughout the course of the game. I just didn't care. Someone ends up with a giant spike through their chest and slowly dying and like begging for mercy. And I'm like, when's this cutscene going to end? It's, <laughs> it's brutal. Uh, control wise, like just for the moment to moment action, is there a good parallel you can draw with it? What it, what it feels like the most? I mean, it feels like Far Cry, uh, a lot. Like there's stuff like the close range takedowns where you can just like click in the stick and, um, you know, kill someone with a melee attack. I played on PC, but I was playing with a controller for what it's worth. And the controls again, feel similar to Far Cry, but it's so much less ambitious from, in terms of what you can do. Like for example, there's only one vehicle in the game. It's a motorcycle. It's the only vehicle that you can control. And you compare that to Far Cry's Jeeps, motorcycles, helicopters, elephants, and you begin to see just like how much they just weren't trying in comparison. Um, do any of the story beats actually like land? Like are there, are there uh, did you have moments where you were, it got through to you or was it just, were you just completely cut off? There's a moment very early on where you're introduced to this woman. I believe her name is Dana. And there's a scene where you're like, she's talking to you in like a very threatening manner and has a knife. And it's like very up close in your face. And the motion, the like the graphics are not bad. So her, she looks like good and impressive and she's sort of selling the delivery. And it makes me, it made me think, Hey, like there's going to be like emotion behind these characters, almost akin to like that, that first villain in far cry three that's like very memorable and then dies halfway through Hmm. and she for whatever reason they like did that once and then essentially throughout the whole rest of the game it's just like you never see anything like that again 
So that might allude to the fact that it had so many different studios working on it over the course of its lifetime. But it just, there was a sense that like things were going to work. And I was like, oh, I'm like a little bit scared of this woman. She's like weird and creepy. And then everyone else is just like the most generic. And even she, who appears later on, does not do anything spectacular. So story-wise, it just, there's like lame twists where it's like, oh, this guy who you had suspected was going to betray you ends up betraying you. Like, that's what we're dealing with. Uh, uh, can you talk to me a little bit about uh, co-op uh, yeah. in, in the game, how that's handled? So there's a totally separate mode called resistance mode, I believe. And uh, it's set across some of the larger maps that are in the main campaign. So you're going to similar locations and in those larger maps, you're given objectives like, um, you know, kill all these guys or hack this thing or chase down a truck. And it's sort of progressive. So you'll do one objective and then it'll send you the next objective all in the same game. And you can play that with up to four people. What's weird and kind of started off interesting about it is that there's character progression in there that doesn't really match the character progression in the campaign hmm. you pick like a job i guess it is and there's a list of like there's a list of like 20 jobs one of them being video game designer which i believe i picked but so and that sort of determines your starting weapon and a starting perk and then the more you play the co-op you're unlocking different perks that increase like revive speed and stuff like that and you can unlock uh, visual customization, customizations to your character, even though the whole game is in first person, there's really no time you would ever see it, except for maybe <laughs> at the end or beginning of a map. Um, and so it was like, I was impressed and a little bit surprised that they put that much work into it. And then in playing it, like it's the same generic gameplay that we've been playing. It's the same, like there's tons of like first person platforming that's just miserable. And What's crazy about that mode is that they also have baked in the idea of like a supply box, which is becoming more and more common in games these days, which is mm -hmm. you can spend 300 in-game coins and get a chance at a vanity item or whatever, weapon attachment, something like that. So they built it in such a way that like they're kind of assuming that people are going to like want to spend in-app money. I don't know for sure. They, we, I was on an earlier build, so I don't know for sure that they're actually going to charge for in stuff, but they built it for a long tail. Like people are gonna play this for 20 or 30 hours to unlock everything. And I played it for three hours and was like, I have, I can never see this mode again. It's just like the dullest, it's the, it's just the campaign with another person suffering with you instead of just being alone. <laughs> so. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, the, uh, the the commenters on the review had a, had a few more questions. Okay. Uh, uh, mainly about the score, and I wanted to see what how much sort of impact or input you had on what, like when we we're the way we do scores is a little different at Polygon. If you don't know, we've talked about it before, but um, the the uh, uh, the score is something that's arrived at by the site, not just the person like writing it. We have a rubric if you ever want to go check it out and see what it, a number means. But I did think it was interesting. Um, we gave this a six out of ten, uh, um, and it felt like reading it, it, it's hard to see six for us is like a pretty decent score. Um, how do you justify or, or not justify, but like uh, how much can you recommend a game that isn't fundamentally bad, but does just doesn't do almost anything interesting? Yeah. 
I mean, it was a struggle. And as you said, like, it wasn't me coming up with the score. It was, you know, uh, I know the rest of the team sort of reads the copy and then determines the score based on that. This is sort of where scores get really tricky, because as you said, uh, it's not a fundamentally broken game. It's not buggy. I played it for many hours and, and you know, it wasn't crashing or anything like that. So, um, you know, you can't, in my brain, I sort of think like below five is a broken game. You know, you're getting into like broken territory, like the game doesn't work or the game is just like a misery to play from minute to minute in the sense that like the controls are bad or sluggish or whatever. This game, obviously, I mean, it's the epitome of mediocrity. So, you know, I know uh, certainly Arthur mentioned to me like what I thought and he's, you know, in reading the copy, he thought it was a six. And I said, yeah, I'd be fine with that or a 5.5. But like for me, I know people obsess about scores and stuff like that. The difference between a six and a five for me is kind of splitting hairs. Right. Um, uh, you know, it's just, uh, you know, it's pretty clear that like if you read the review, you would never want to play this game. Um, Phil asked me the other day, Phil Core asked me the other day, you know, if I didn't have to pay for it and I just wanted to like try it out, is it worth just trying out? And I told him no, because it's just, it's a, you know, like hug your child. <laughs> Read a book. There's just no, there's nothing gained. You don't learn anything from playing this game. It doesn't right. advance the medium in any way. It's just, it's just checking all the boxes, which is depressing. It's a shame. I will say in its defense, it does do one thing surprising and amazing and it's an easter egg that's in the last 20 percent of the game that mm -hmm. i guess spoilers if you really care but you can play two levels from time splitters 2 hey that's that, that there's nothing wrong with that. that's probably the most fun part of the game i think you're probably right about that. um last question and despite what your um your uh home front co-op bio may say you are not a video game developer nor am i nor any of us um uh, so a question like this is always a little awkward and it's always verging on, you know, prognostication, but sure. your feeling when you played this and after you, you were finished, does this feel like game that was like sort of flawed from the jump flawed in design or, uh, flawed on execution just didn't sort of, uh, execute on ideas very well. I remember seeing it like three years ago at E3, maybe two years ago at E3. And what they showed was sort of an interesting idea, which was, you know, uh, using a lot of mechanics and using like the recon elements of Far Cry to stealthily take out this invading force in an American city. Like as a core idea, has the potential to maybe be good, um, but I think again, as I said, like, I know that, uh, there were multiple studios that worked on this throughout the course of like THQ going under and Crytek buying it and then Crytek uh, giving it to another studio. Um, you just get the sense that there was no one at the helm of this game that cared enough to make it anything more than a, we've spent X number of dollars already and this needs to come out. So how do we do it in the least risky way possible? Sure. Um, so, uh, you know, who's to say how things were going internally, but it's hard to imagine, like, as I was playing this, I could just think of like 
the numerous people that worked on this game and it just kind of made me depressed because as i said it's not it's a fine game like like technically like it doesn't crash it's it's crafted in such a way that it's it's fine Mm -hmm. but there's no passion behind it there's no like there's no reason for it to exist and the idea of working on something for many years that just has no hook to it or no engagement just depresses me to no end so uh, you know i i feel bad uh kind of ripping into it but i also feel bad for all the people that worked on it and probably feel similarly to i uh, to, to the way i do can't express it but but it's it's a, I, f- I, f- I personally feel bad for people that get suckered into buying it that's what i think yeah no I feel i'm bad on for the th- side <laughs> of the consumers yeah russ the I, true I feel, gamers i feel bad for them as well but you know what we've given them the tools to know they have the, the tools answer. to themselves uh <laughs> folks that's gonna do it for us thank you so much russ for joining me we got a lot more on the site including this review if you want to go read it at polygon.com there's a lot more waiting for you there but until the next time we have a game to talk about my name is justin McElroy for russ freshdick thank you for listening to polygon's quality control Thank you.